Awake in the Dream Radio with Laura Eisenhower and Dr. Green. Raising your frequency and expanding your consciousness one guest at a time. Welcome, everyone. This is October the 2nd. You are tuning in to Awake in the Dream Radio. I am your co-host, Dr. Dream, and your other co-host is right here with me. I'm Laura Magdalene Eisenhower. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Laura, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Dr. Dream? I'm doing incredibly well. Um, It could have something to do with just the fact that I get to live this life, and um, I I absolutely love that. It could also have a lot to do with with this past weekend. You want to share with everyone what we were up to? Well, we... uh, um we officiated, I guess is the word, a wedding in Mount Shasta. And, um, you know, two very uh, good friends of ours that have uh, joined in union, and we got to do it in the center of a labyrinth right at Mount Shasta, which is huge. And it was also my birthday on that day, so it was just incredible because I'm all about sacred union. I'm all about the labyrinth. I mean, that's been what has felt like my path. Um, I actually have a tattoo of it. So to stand there in the center of it with you uh, while, you know, just being in the presence of, of of our friends and, you know, initiating them into a sacred union relationship is really special. I mean, I it, it just, it blows me away, and I don't know whether it should, but I kind of like the fact that it does, how truly incredible everything is showing up right now. And I know that... Um, you know, we have a choice on on how we get to have things show up. And I am so pleased that you and I have chosen what we've chosen. And, um, I mean, there's no question about um, about the timeline that we're on, is there? No, not there's no question. Uh, and, and this is the thing about devotion, just really devoting oneself to the ascension path, to just living in integrity and, you know, really thing on the inner work and stepping up to your calling and mission. Um, you know, the universe provides all sorts of synchronicities, and the timing is always just beautiful the way things unfold when, when, when each individual chooses to do that. And this is also how I met, you know, our, our special guest, uh, Chief Golden Light Eagle, and um, and just really grateful to have him on the show because, you know, some amazing synchronicities were all lining up around the time I met him and you know, and us participating in the Star Knowledge Conferences, so. Well, that is, um, this This is a special broadcast for us tonight, and so as long as we've now moved into the introduction, I'll uh, take over from here. Um, we have had uh, quite some amazing experiences with Chief Golden Light Eagle since, um, since we met him. Um, We're very pleased to have him on the show tonight. Uh, Chief was guided by spirit to create a place for people as well as notable Native American speakers and traditional elders to gather and tell their story and share their messages. And since 1996, Chief Golden Light Eagle has been calling together the Star Knowledge Gatherings, teacher of the Star Ways, 
Chief Golden Light Eagle is one of the original code carriers of Turtle Island, which is another uh, name for North America. And he is a member of the Nakoda Ihantawan Band of South Dakota and one of the Sundance Chiefs of the Yankton Nakoda. Through years of prayer and ceremony with a group of spiritual teachers, he has brought forth interpretations of the star laws. And um, we had the honor of being uh, with Chief Golden Light Eagle and um, a number of other elders and, and grandmothers and amazing beings uh, the weekend before this past weekend uh, down or over in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. And um, we're very excited for the next time our path will intersect with Chief, and that is at the Phoenix Star Knowledge Conference, December 10th through the 13th in um, in Phoenix, of course. And so, um, really, without any further introduction or anything else, um, Chief Golden Light Eagle, are you with us? Good evening, Mr. Dream and Laura. Good <laughs> yeah, evening. Yeah, we're here over here in Asheville, North Carolina at the moment. It's like three hours difference. Kind of like right. past my bedroom over here. Oh. Okay. We're going to keep you up. We better make it's it um, just. Yeah. We better make it darn exciting then tonight. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll just jump right in here. I've got I've got a, uh, a a question here about just very curious. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became Chief Golden Light Eagle? Jeez. <laughs> I know that's kind of a Back big in question. 1943. <laughs> no, uh, um, well, you know, I was born and raised on the reservation in South Dakota, Yankton Sioux Reservation. And uh, I think Dr. Dream almost got it right. It's the uh, Anktona, which means camps at the end. You know, and usually when there was a, a tribal gathering, well, the different bands of uh, Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota, they have the smaller clans that are within their circles that camped at certain areas in this big encampment. So the Yanktons or the Anktona, they uh, that's what it means, camps at the end. And if you take a circle of a circle of the the entry point was in the east, so they're actually in the beginning and at the end at the same time of the circle. So that's what that means, the hunk on camps at the end. So um that's that's uh a, a Nakota, they call it Nakota. Uh and the Isantis are Dakota and uh are Lakota, so there's three dialects, Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota, but I'm all three. My bloodlines are all three. So, um, yeah, I grew up up there in, uh, in uh, Yankton uh, along the river, uh, the Missouri River, and that's the place I called my home. And uh, I had a lot of uh, beautiful teachers and at that time, but my teachers were a little bit different. Uh, uh, they were they were uh, the animals. I spent more time working with the animals, and you know, out in out in the timber and along the hills and and the river uh, every day. As soon as I come home from school, I would start grab my gun and I would take off. But I wouldn't come back till about twelve at night walking. So, but in between that time, you know, I had a lot of um, 
energy as far as uh, nature. A lot of teachers, a lot of you know, all these, all these, just about everything that I've come across had some sort of a message of some kind that that I didn't know uh, existed. You know, until later on, and when the I started dreaming, started dreaming about every day. I started dreaming. And, I knew it was going to take place every day. And the animals would come in my dreams and talk and things like that. So they were some of my first teachers. And then I used to, I used, I like to sleep outside. Uh, for one reason is that our family was like, we grew up, we have a big family, uh, 12, 12 boys and six sisters and my mother and father. Wow. So, we have a big family, and sometimes I, that's one of the reasons why I like to sleep outside. <laughs> it's a very, very small house, but even at night, when I was I would lay on this on this mattress or this bed outside, I would watch the stars. and And way back when, I could see lights that I still see today that they like to call satellites, and but they're still the same. And um, they're still, uh, I used to watch them, and I never knew what those lights were. And then, you know, we'd have our experiences there, and, and some of the experiences were like, I would, I would sneak out at night. Um, when I hear my mother and father, because no one is they're, uh, sleeping because they start snoring really loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that would, that would tell me that they're, they're out, you know. So I would, I would take off to the, Town is about two miles away. I walked downtown with me and my dogs, and then uh, where we lived, nobody had electricity. The town there's no electricity. I think there was two, maybe three uh, lights. One was at the store, one at the church, and one the cops had. And so when I go into town, I would whistle. All the kids that were out and about. We all had a different whistle, and that's how we would find each other, you know. And then we would all meet, and we would, like, first we would bother the cop. We'd all hide in the bushes and would would run over and knock on his door and would go hide and watch him, you know, his light come on. And would bother him like that until he'd make him come outside and get in his car. That He would drive through town, which was only maybe not even uh, half a mile long, and he'd turn around and go back to bed, so then we'd leave him alone after that. But one one evening, we uh, we were out by the church, because that's where we did most of the talking, and all the kids would be over there. You know, we were like seventh, eighth grade. And somebody more or less hollered, uh, and we looked, and there was a, this big, giant ball of light was rolling up the river like fire, but but its uh, color was fluorescent green. And we all scattered because we didn't know what it was when we hit. And I remember I hit underneath a big propane tank, and I was, just, I was small enough to just crawl right directly underneath it. I think I could do that today, too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I remember... Uh, thinking, what am I doing here, you know? <laughs> so I crawled out, 
I seen all the kids run towards the river, so I took off running, and it was only like maybe 40, 50 yards. So we all stood at the river, and we watched this ball of green fire, fluorescent green, you know, going just rolling up the river slow, and we, we just stood there and watched it. And up about three or four miles up the river, we was all speechless, like we just watching it. And it rolled up around the corner towards the Fort Randall Dam. So... I never did tell my parents that. We, when I went home, we just kept it quiet because if I was to tell them, then they would find out I snuck out at night, you know. But that was the that was the first uh, experience I had with a whole group of students, you know, together. No alcohol, no drugs, nothing. Sane, very sane, you know, and and, and having fun and, and watch something like that and. And later on, most of my most of my classmates are gone now. There might be one or two that's left, but uh, the, one of the ones I asked him if he remembered that, and all he said was, "You know, sometimes I, I think about that, but I don't have any answers as to what it is." So there was uh, a lot of other experiences that took place. You know, uh, just opening you up to the awareness that there's something more to this earth, you know, more than what what mainstream America wants to talk about. So experiencing that, but I kept that quiet until 1976. I forgot all about it, and so did everybody else. And this might have been about 1964 or 65, or sooner, yeah, somewhere around in there. Uh so, but there has been other, you know, experiences uh, within that time. So, um, but I, I went to school, I went to a Catholic school, and uh, we we went through that whole system of uh, child abuse, you know, mental, spiritual, emotional, physical abuse. And I think I got tired of it when I became a junior in high school, and I finally asked the priests and nuns to go home. Retired of being hit. Retired of being um, beat up. You know, you're teaching us to to uh, turn the other cheek. What you're doing, all the hitting, and we want to grow our hair now. But you're 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 cutting our hair, and you're praying to this guy with long hair. Doesn't make any sense. So that's sort of like my my. Ex- as far as I went with uh, my school, because the next day they um, they um, expelled me as an act of God. It was a bad influence on oh my the, um, the students. But we eventually, uh, the, all my classmates, uh, the, the junior almost all got expelled because they just kept it up and kept it up. And and it was during Vietnam during Vietnam War too that that same year the following this I got. Um, drafted and so did a lot of our mother classmates and and one of the things that they did is when they come back from their their boot camp from their basic training they went right after the priests because they were they felt they were man enough to take care of themselves they're 18 years old and they chased the priests around you know to let them know that they were in charge now so that Mm. sort of like helped helped and uh, within within a couple of years, they all left. They all went home, except wow. for one, uh, 
And the, the nuns, there's two orders of nuns, the Sisters of the Blessed Sacraments and the Sisters of uh, the Oblate Sisters. So there, there's... But we had to make that change, you know. So I, I grew up without a uh, diploma, uh, all this kind of good stuff. and But I had to uh, find out in another way, what I need to do with myself, because you know, educational system went down the drain. But what was really, what was really good about it? Twelve years later, the guy that, the guy that expelled me, this priest, he come up about seven in the morning. He came over and he said, he said "I heard a knock on the door," and so I got up and that was him. And uh, it kind of surprised me because this guy didn't like me in high school, you know. He tried every way to get me out of school. So I had him come in. We sat down. We we did a little chit-chat. And um, his name was uh, Father Dennis. When I told him, I said, you know, um, I'm not Dennis, I'm not going to call you Father. You're not my father. That's an insult to my father. I have a father, so I'm not going to call you Father. So he said, well, I, I understand. So his name was Dennis, you know. I said, so what brings you here, Dennis? He said, well, you know, you, you've been on my mind for 12 years. For 12 years you've been on my mind. He said, and then we were under orders, he said, and you were right. You were right with everything, uh, you know, because I did have a whole series of uh, of, of of complaints and things that I wanted to let everybody know was going on at that school that our people were getting abused right and left all the students you know so we told all the parents told all the faculty all the staff all the administration we invited everybody to come to our little meeting and we told everybody but then so anyway the result was my my um my uh i got my ex-spouse you know i got spouse but anyway, he he told me that he said we were under orders, but I knew that you were right. So I came to apologize. Wow. So, um, I said I want to I want to ask you some questions before uh, I accept your apology. I said, do you believe in that Bible? He said, yes, with all your body. He said yes, with all your mind. He said yes, with all your heart. He said yes with all your spirit and your essence and everything that you stand for? He said, yes. I said, uh, I asked him, I said, so isn't there a little thing in there that says, thou shalt not steal? But he said, I believe so. I said, why don't you give all that land back that you, your church stole in the name of God? Mm. So then I'll just think about accepting your apology. So he sat there for a little while and, his, and finally said, you got me. You got me. Wow. So he went back and and finally, uh, it took him a while. They he come back, they come back and they, they had a stack of deeds to all, all the lands that were, that were in the, the name of the Catholic Church that belonged to the tribal people. So I had to really give him credit for being who he was, and he did make that promise, you know, 
made that promise, and he gave us all the land back. So I turned that all over to the tribe. That's an incredible so that story. Was, wow. I yeah, I love cool. these these stories, Chief, because it just shows from an early age uh, that you were you weren't going to hold back um, in standing in your truth. Um, facing the establishment or anyone or anything else, and and I'm really inspired by that. Um, did you? I mean, you know, here we've been with you at uh, Mount Shasta for the the transit of Venus. We were with you last weekend in Asheville. We've spent other time um, outside of conferences with you. Um, your energy is beautiful. Your stories are are just spot on um assisting us in 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 adjusting our perspective or opening up to something more expansive um you obviously have a very big mission here for the collective for all of us Did, were you aware of this all along about about your role as an embodied human this time around well i i think it's just Part of the what we call the hoop, Blackout uh, talked about a hoop, and we're all a part of that hoop, and we're all part of the of putting it together. And you have your mission, and Laura's mission are just as important, they're equally important, you know, to helping people to understand, to wake up on certain things. That, and it all goes back to uh, what's not being taught in mainstream America, you know which on the inside of things that people don't want to speak about. And that's where you go, that's where Laura goes, and that's where I go. And uh, that's what people want to know. And all we have to do is get the facts and get the truth and and, and share it with them. And then this is the way, this, this is what we found out, you know. So, yeah, our, one of our jobs was to work with law. And I was told by a spirit uh, at one ceremony that I was not to speak and stand in front of people unless I knew the universal and spiritual laws. And that was sort of like the the spark. And that made me question and say, well, in my mind, I said, what are they? I never heard of them. I mean, you know, I never heard. I I sort of like heard of them, but I don't know what they are, and I don't know anybody that I know that knows about them. So, and within that time, while the spirit moves things, that they are really good at move things into a, into a spectacular experience, you know, that's still happening today, and uh, so. Um, I had to learn, I had to learn about these. But so well, how they came was through an experience that I had in 1995, August, with some uh, uh, some relatives from Chicago, and I don't know the mother where the mother is, but I know that there were three that I know from Chicago. And uh, we had an experience with... Uh, some star peoples uh, that made themselves uh, known through sound, through sight, and through experience, and through dream. Um, 
and gave us information that we are still sharing today. So that's sort of like where it came from, is it came from the four star people, uh, two that stood beside me and two that stood in front of me that showed me some symbols on a bar. And um, we did share them with uh, with the History Channel on, uh, I think it was a Series 3 with Episode 1 and, and 3 as well, somewhere around in there, and and shared a little bit about where this information could lead to uh, if people were interested and drawn to or attracted or dreamed, you know, what could, what will take place when... Uh, when you, when you uh, are really sincere about learning what these laws really mean. So that's sort of like my basic uh, intro into what I'm doing today. All the universal and spiritual laws of Creator, the universal and spiritual laws of Universal Mother, and the universal and spiritual laws of Creation. Would you be able so to share be, some of those with us? Yeah, you know, it would really be good if, you know, our listeners had a, uh, had a, because uh, there's visuals that go with them, there's symbols that were on these bars. And when I experienced them through these star people, um, I also experienced them with another man that had them on a um, slide presentation that same year, that same uh, fall of Mesquite, Nevada, his name was Michael Heisman from Germany. And there was a, there was a crew of them with Ronnie Kilday of Finland, uh, ex uh, Surgeon General of Finland, and uh, Robert Dean, you know, the major, major from uh, NATO. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Giorgio Bongiovanni, the Stigmata from Italy. And also, Michael Heisman, uh, Dr. Uh, Richard Boylan of um, Sacramento, I guess, uh, PhD. So we were the first ones that met on some of these here, openly met and talked a little bit about these. And from that, there was an, uh, a committee that was formed, and I wish I had the list in front of me. I can't remember everybody. But uh, there was an extraterrestrial welcoming committee. It was supposed to be a secret committee, but it didn't go very far because I made it public. Because my grandma said, no more secrets. So uh, there was, like, uh, Stephen Greer was on there. Boutrous Dolly that was with the UN at the time. Nelson Mandela, Jimmy Carter, uh, Dalai Lama. Uh, There was... uh, the guys, uh, Robert Dean, uh, Richard Boylan, uh, Ronnie Kilday, and Bon Giovanni, myself, and I can't remember too much of anybody else, but I still have the list somewhere. But um, I wouldn't allow it to be kept secret. You know, I, I didn't want it to. So when they send me papers and things like that, the top secret stuff, they would have top secret or confidential. I would call all my family in, my friends, and they'll all come to my house, and I'll let them open up the material, and I'll let them read it first. And it got to the point where I didn't even read anything because everybody was reading, you know, the information. 
So this group was supposed to be the group that would be there when there would be a physical landing, uh, a physical landing of the star people, um, which already takes place. I don't know how, you know, it takes place every day. But um, that's um, where it basically started. And so the, the information that I got over in Savory, Wyoming, um, was through symbols and, and the, the star people talked to me at that time about what they meant but I didn't I didn't I couldn't quite re- remember everything because uh of the way the experiences the way the way things happen. So that was blocked in my mind. So it took a while before I figure out how to retrieve the information. And I had to retrieve it by going back to my to my home and uh, going through a series of ceremonies which started and began on December 6th of 1995. And it, it ended around April uh, 16th of 96. So and now then that's 96, when you... 90, 90, yeah, 90, 90, no, 96. Because here we had the release them in the, at the conference. Okay. Oh, well, and that's when say? you first began doing conferences, is 96. Yeah. Yeah, because the Spirit said the, the people are waiting for me to take them out. So I didn't I didn't understand what that meant. So I ended up going to um, uh, D.C. I got a call. My sister wanted me to go to D.C. with uh, some tribal, uh, some tribal uh, Native American uh, medicine advocacy program of some sort which involves uh, uh, um, some some elders you know different tribes we, but before we met well we ended up going to a ceremony of sweats over there and it was behind a man, big mansion big white mansion uh, uh, that belonged to a four star general and, and we did ceremony there that was my uh, I had experience with a uh, a spirit there that told me his his name and and it led to a, a series of uh, events which led us to this woman that helped us to start a conference over in South Dakota. So it was a five day conference for June fifth with Ralph in which we we released all the information to those that came. But what was really what what was really amazing about this conference was that a lot of government agencies came in with, you know, like the FBI, the CIA people were there. Uh, we have the UN, NATO. We had uh, naval intelligence people, the Major Graham uh, Bethune and Robert Dean. We have the Pulitzer Prize winner that popped in, uh, John, Dr. John Mack. Um, so there was a there was a there was so many people that came from all walks of life, even our own medicine people, new age and light workers and UFO authors. There's just a conglomeration of people that came to find out what these symbols meant. So, so you must that have been. Time, uh, it, 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 that area there was like 50 miles of of uh, of of uh, hotels that were taken. That's how much, how many people came. 
and all the camping spaces were all taken, and there's so many people that the hotels allowed them to camp around their grounds because they didn't have no place to camp. So whatever it was with these symbols attracted so many people, you know, so many beautiful people. It didn't matter what, what kind of work they were doing, but the energy of it just created so much, so much attention. So it took me about two-hour presentation on a chalkboard to deliver the the meanings of these symbols uh, and a very grounded message of each symbol that the Spirit gave to us for for everybody. So we documented everything, documented everything of that of that time. So you must have attracted a little bit of opposition, though, and. You know, do you, do you have anything to share about some of the? I would I don't know if the word would be attacks, but you know where the dark forces have not wanted you to share this information, and what you know oh, yeah. sort of experiences that you've had to go through in order to continue doing this. Yeah, there was uh, some experiences right there. We had a lot of our own people that were protesting. You know, um, they didn't want me to release any information to the white man. And they said I was, um, you know, exploiting exploiting our ceremonies to the white man, selling uh, ceremonies. And uh, I understood what, I understood that already, that I, I allowed them to, to protest because that's their right, you know. And one of the things was they were getting too close to the building, so the, all the cops were there, the the CIA, Bureau of Indian Affairs, please, the, the patrol people, the county sheriffs, the, the town cops, they were all there. And we even have American Indian Movement there as our security force. And But I did ask the policeman, I said, you know, uh, what we did here is we rented your bu- this building. It's a public building, and I want to honor uh, the protesters. You know, they, they, they have a right to protest, but we also have a right to share and speak, and you know, there's a lot of people here. So, what does your law say about the distance to protest from a uh, public building? Get that, come back, tell me. Then you know, so they all disperse and they come back. They said a thousand feet. So I said push them back a thousand feet. That's your law. That's your job. So they did that, but. Uh, they didn't last very long because it got really hot, and I already knew that they weren't going to stand up there very long. So, but there was, uh, I did have threats. I did have threats from some of our leaderships. They're not here today, but they did, uh, they did tell me, they come to my house and said that if I was to, uh, um, uh, say anything, that this man was going to come and have uh, a thousand people on me. I said, well, have them come. I, I, Spirit told me to do something, and I'm going to do it. So, uh, yeah. so they come back with another message <clears throat> that this man was going to kill me himself. So um, I said, well, if that's what he has to do, that's what he has to do, but i got to get this message out, you know. But this man fell over. He died of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And wow. also this this other um, 
there was another man that came in in the middle of the uh, the assembly, and I just happened to be outside of the the room. Do you remember that? And so he had a knife, and he was hollering hollering for me, and with the security and the cops got him and, and uh, carried him outside. So it got it got to that point, you know, where uh, people just didn't want me to share anything with anybody. <laughs> but I just told them that I got to do this, and I'm not oh. going to stop. I'm not. I can't. I can't. I was. You know, I, I believe in in uh, you know my ancestors and what they've done and how how they how they were. So uh, when they when they tell me something, I'll I'll do it. You know, as long as it's in within the light of you know creation and humanity and what information I had, it was beautiful information. So, so Chief, yeah. this. You released the symbols in 1996, um, and I know we, you know, we just the entire show's an hour and a half tonight. But, but tell us about the interpretation of of the symbols in sort of a a shorter version than you you normally uh, would. But just to kind of give our <laughs> listeners an idea, <laughs> to give our listeners okay. an idea of of what you're what you're talking about here. Okay, let me let me let me. I'll, okay, I'll try it. I'll try it. Just for you, not to dream, and Laura. <laughs> so, okay, what what happened is all this information I couldn't I couldn't retain because of the amount of it, and um, and plus 3D and and, and depending on the dimensional level that it comes in, if you're 3D, there's you need help, you know. So I had to go through a, a series of ceremonies and. I chose to go through uh, this young person that didn't have any influence of alcohol in his body. There's no drug. There's no anything that manipulated his mind, you know. So I went to him and I asked him for help, and he was uh, he was my grandson. And I said, grandson, I need help. You know, I have this. Uh, I need help. Anyway, so we went. And how we did it is we went through a ceremony of sweat lodge, and I would draw the the symbol on the ground, and we would look at it. We go in sweat lodge, we call in the spirit, come out, and they give us information. So we we went. That's how we did it, and I documented every every uh, everybody that was in the ceremony, and the, and what the how they how they uh, they named. They gave the name of the symbol as a universal and as a spiritual law, and also a small, grounded, um, short, grounded explanation of it. So that's how we did this. And I put it all on my, my uh, typed all the information down, and uh, uh, it was all done through our ceremony, through the through our altars of, of the land, and there was always like twelve men involved and some of our women folk. So the energy of these 12 men and these women, I don't speak too much about them, but they were very important to bringing in the information of what we're, what we're talking about every, at every con- uh, conference. So that's more or less how we brought them in. And, and when my grandson came out and told me that 
the first law that I, the first symbol I gave him when he said this law is the universal law of free will. And you know, like, like all I see is light which is do all their hair stand up on their own. <laughs> my all my hair stood up on my legs. <laughs> so I knew, I knew that you know he had he had something so so valuable so important. And then the then the next law was the spiritual freedom of all. The universal law of change and the universal the spiritual law of growth, the universal law of movement, balance and spiritual um strength, health and happiness. And the universal law of innocence, truth and family, the spiritual protection of family, universal law of symmetry, the spiritual um uh law of equality, universal law of Life and the spiritual law of choice. I'm doing this trying to get it up right off the top of my head here. So, um, universal law of light, sound, vibration, and spiritual law of uh, intuition, universal law of judgment, spiritual law of ju- uh, karma, universal law of nature, spiritual protection of all, uh, universal law of love and spiritual law of healing, universal law of perception, and the spiritual law of future sight. So, that was an order. Of what the, how the spirit gave us these laws and, and through these symbols. And the universal laws were feminine laws and the spiritual laws were were masculine. And that it took two moons for a person to understand each law. So that means that, you know, the, you have 22 laws and you more or less times that by two and you can figure out how long it will take you to uh, absorb uh, through your sincerity what each law meant. So that's what I had to uh, deliver in uh, Wagner, South Dakota on June 5th to the 12th, on the 12th of June 1996. Oh, wow. So what are your thoughts about, you know, technology and what's happening in this world and all these dark agendas and what, you know, humanity's up against during this big time for you know, a major shift into a higher dimension, but yet, you know, there's this other sort of world happening where it's very technological, very uh, much kind of leading humanity into a timeline that doesn't seem to be organic. So what what can you share with, with our listeners about, you know, the dangers of some of this or what to look out for or, you know, what your thoughts are about the upcoming uh, shift time that in, or the shift time that we're in right now? Well, I, I feel, you know, there's a good side and a, a not-so-good side to everything, you know, that's that balance. But through these through these laws and through uh, the spirit, universal spiritual laws, uh, I've come across uh, the awakenings of other people's hearts, you could say, and what they're about. And there's so many beautiful gifts of that are within people that I've, I've been involved with over the years that I've met that just amazes me uh, what people have and what people don't know they have. And one of the things that I experienced was this, what we call uh, telepathy. And telepathy was my main goal in, in getting that word out into a uh, history channel. In, in the ancient aliens, and telepathy was used because this is what is necessary for the future. 
because we are getting pretty lazy. You know, if we developed our natural senses that we all have, instead of uh, uh, numbing them down through technology, then we'll, if everybody went to the, the original language of light, of love, this is the language of purity, then, you know, the whole communication system, the technology, would, there would be no use for that because everybody would have the language of their ancestry, their, you know, the language that was used way, 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 way back, and it's still here. So there are those that are trying and making some effort to, to let you know that here, this is here now, but it's up to you if you want to grab it and do the extra mile with it, you know, because it's very important for your survival in the future. Based on what is what people are trying to make happen to the populace at this time. So uh, knowing, knowing is very important with this. Um, so knocking Mao out of the skies through communication to telepathy is, um, it, it could be done, but not on a very uh, negative way, but in a way to say, hey, you, you've got it already. You know, and we've been using it, and there are teachers that work with it. But you have to open yourself up, and, and the way you have to do it is through the way of the heart. So open, opening the heart and getting out of your mind is usually the trick to uh, experiencing um, levitation, experiencing uh, shape-shifting, you could say. Yeah, I did that just this evening. I had supper and I, had, I went through my shape shifting more. My belly got a little bit bigger. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm a shape shifter. So, so there's invisibility, you know, uh, and you, and that's been proven. You could, uh, you could uh, concentrate on your body temperature where, you know, the, these machines that measure your, you know, your, 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 uh, what do you call it, the, your infrared and all this, your body, if you, you're able to uh, control your body temperature, you could be invisibility to, invisible to technology. So there's so much there, uh, like say for some people that don't want to utilize their own gifts, then yeah, go for technology, let technology run your life, you know. So that's free will, and there's nothing wrong with it, nothing good about it, but it's just done how you use it. So I'm I'm just loving all the information from you, Chief, and so it's um, sitting here and I'm I'm trying to take everything in and also to follow uh, what the what the next question should be. Um, one of my questions, I guess, at this time, here we are um, nearing the end of, of 2012. There's over 7 billion people, embodied beings on this planet, um, all at different uh, levels of uh, conscious awareness. Um, what, From your perspective, where we're headed, how the energies are shaping up, um, you know, and, and where we all are as far as the collective, what, what do you see happening right now? I mean, I know you we're going to be joining you on the big event for 12-12-12 uh, 
um, in Phoenix, and then right after that is 1221. Um, how do you see all this coming together or, or by chance, falling apart? Uh, I think we're being led uh, by technology. We're led into somebody else's lie. And it's a it's a big total illusion. A lot of this, of how we're walking today on Earth. There's not enough. There's not enough people that are that are experiencing nature. They're not experiencing the animals, the wild animals, and the they're they're taught to fear everything. Uh, there's, there's there's so much fear about learning about you know nature, about the wild, the the trees, the Everything about the earth, people need to get out and experience. We look, I look at the cities, and uh, they're all caught up in a in in an illusion. And it's, I mean, I know they have fun with it and all that, and they're doing, and they're they're within their plan of things, and you know, before they wake up. But we have to look at what's going on with the sun, going on with the star systems, the. We have to remember that the moon has an exceptionally uh, beautiful message, and, and to know how the Earth speaks to you through, you know, through your body. We have to really pay attention to the moon. You know, 2012 is going to be be here and gone, but what we need to do is realize what the moon has to say. And the moon is talking, but nobody is listening. Um, I I went to Ali Lacks that airport thing some years ago mm-hmm. on my son's birthday, March eighth, nineteen eight ninety seven. That was the day that I announced something that our elders told me to to share. And what they told me at that time was that there is a fire that's coming from the skies that's gonna affect the flesh of man. And uh, for those people that they don't know how to talk uh, about astrology or and all this, but they said to those people with those big glasses, go look for it, it's coming. So um, I announced that at the Prophets Conference at that time and that there's something coming, look. So they found something uh, on, on its way and it said it, in this direction but so we had to go and ask for more information about the moon why is the moon involved here what's the moon what's happening with the moon and if you've noticed and experienced and probably been listening the moon is moving away from the earth and it's slow but it's still moving away and and the effects of the gravity is is uh, is affecting the water and the grid work of the earth. Uh, it's, it's going back. It's, it's um, how would you say the the grid the grid work is totally way off. Uh, you know, a good thousand miles or more from the north north uh, north pole is totally back in Siberia someplace. And so the Earth is moving; it's shifting just very slow. And they already, like, they already knew about this in 1947, 
but they didn't say too much about it because they just thought it was going to be uh, just in, just on this earth. That's why they, they started looking at the moon and they started looking at Mars as, you know, basic landing places and living places for the future. So the moon uh, is some, there's something coming towards the moon. That's why it's moving away from the earth. It's going it's to take the hit for the earth probably in the year uh, 2036. And uh, the, it's going to take a hit and the moon will will split in half. The moon will split in half. And they say the, the moon will birth twins and there will be no control over the water. So we uh, we need to look at this in very seriously and as a nation or a, a tribe of, of uh, red, black, white, yellow people, we need to get together as a collective and there are means of stopping this, this uh, movement of this comet that's coming. Now, last year, October, or the year before, the, they already announced it, and it surprised me because it came from the Russian scientists that they, there's a comet coming that's going to hit in 2036. So that's been already public, already made public, and that coincided with our, what our elders said and what we, what the spirit said. So it just came into the awareness of, of the, the public. I would like to find out where that was, but I have a friend from New Jersey that read the article. And uh, I, I don't know what magazine that it came out of, but it was proven from the Germans and the Russians, but and nobody else wanted to comment on it. So pay attention. We need to pay attention to more of nature with all the animals and birds, see what's happening, you know, to what's going on. you got thousands of fish that are dying here, a lot of birds falling out of the sky, you know, and those rivers of alligators that are dying down there in South America. And the animals, the birds, the fish, they're all trying to tell us something, that something's not quite right. But they're not letting anybody know about it. And they don't want anybody to know about it. So we need to pay attention to what's going on with nature. Oh, I'm so happy to hear you saying all this. And, and that's exactly what Star Knowledge is all about. And, uh, I mean, do you, do you see this um, as an alien agenda? Like all, all this stuff just kind of like this off-planet war happening? and. And, you know, what's on these lower beings and what people consider to be the reptilian agenda? I think we we all have a little reptilian in all of us, you know. But learning how to use the energy of the reptile, reptile is, I think it would be good if we learn how to renew ourselves, regenerate our spirit, regenerate our light, just like a, a reptilian regenerates parts of their body. We could go on the beautiful side of, of that energy and uh, utilize the, the knowingness and that goes with that, because we're all we're all related. Every one of us have reptilian energy somewhere, 
Every one of us has a little bit of uh, bird animal energy. You know, I think that's the dream animal that comes out after midnight. And uh, <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> oh, it does. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's written all over his whiskers. <laughs> Leaves tracks everywhere, too. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it, it's, it's uh, the reptilian energy. Uh, you could take it from its, uh, you know, basic evilness, and and you could see it in, in uh, all of human humanity. You know, it's uh, people killing people. There's people making people kill people. The international banking systems, you know, the things that are controlling uh, life and death on this planet. And we see and hear so much of it that it's it's really up amongst us, and yet uh, we can't see that we are basically externalizing, just like we're externally externalizing the Antichrist. We want to blame everybody else for having reptili- reptilian energy or being an Antichrist when it's right in the middle of where we don't look, you know. So we look at the Antichrist. What's anti? What does antichrist mean? Is it a form of uh, Christ consciousness, which is unconditional love? You know, so uh, so if love is part of that Christ energy, and if, if people have hate and carry that that unco- <clears throat> don't carry unconditional love, that's antichrist, and that's yeah. in everybody, in all of us. So it's so well hidden that we want to blame somebody else for it. And the same thing with reptilian energy. We want to look on the external side of everybody when we carry the beautiful energy of reptilian and also the evilness of the reptilian if we want to. We take our pick and we could also carry and blame the spider for tricking us or we could call call on the devil and say, the devil made me do it. You know, (laughs) externalizing all these energies that we carry within ourselves. So once we once we start recognizing us as being the each individual as being the antichrist, and then we have the answer to to working with uh, uh, internalizing rather than externalizing everything. And that's where the answers are. They're deep within you. So we just have I'm to so- dig them out. Yep. I'm, I just, that's such a brilliant answer, and I'm just so happy that we covered that because I think it's so important for people. It's all about the inner work and taking responsibility and recognizing the energies that we're carrying because we carry all of it. And I just love your answer so much. Um, so thank you. Thank hey, you. Laura. Laura. Yes. Laura. Breathe. Yes. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> We always, we always, uh, everybody always talks about Laura Eisenhower, fast she talked. And, <laughs> and one of the ladies was sitting there look, listening to you talk. I mean, she wasn't saying anything bad. She just, in her mind, she said, Laura, breathe. <laughs> breathe, Laura. It sounded like you didn't take a breath when you were talking. Well, I've been breathing this whole time that you've been saying that, so thank you for reminding me. I just took a huge breath. Yay! Yeah, there what you I, go. Chief. What I love about Laura is um, she has to talk that fast because she has so much to say and so much to share. It's easy for me to talk slow. I don't have that much to share. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just used to being interrupted. 
started, and, and I realized, you know what? I'm not getting interrupted like I used to growing up, and I can actually slow down, so it's great. Yeah, you have a, you have a very beautiful story, you know, and I, I love uh, people that are different and so so unique, you know, in what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're, what they're sharing, and that's what it's about is coming out and whatever is there that people need to know and whatever you know that people need to feel as well is very important for them on the swap. Because everybody don't know where to turn at times. You know, today we had, we spent two days with a couple of relatives down in in the hills and uh, we're so full of questions because of some situations of manipulation and control and not understanding free will and, you know, not knowing what to do. So uh, opening them up to to the laws of the universe and the spirit world really helps them to to get a hold of their life and let them know that they whatever they went through was all just learned behavior, you know, from other people. And, and so hopefully and prayerfully and sincerely, you know, that they get on... They get on the uh, their road to, you know, good wellness with the ways of their heart. Mm. So it's like that all over. Uh, so we're opening everyone up to the laws of creation, the laws of the creator and his universal mother ways. So, so uh, you know where these, what uh, I wanted to share real fast was one of the reasons why everybody was so attracted to these uh, symbols was because we didn't, understand that they were introduced in 1947 and in 1947 there was actually 18 crashes down there in the Fort Corners areas and out of those 18 crashes the most famous one was Roswell and the second one was Socorro, New Mexico and Aztec, New Mexico but out of those 18 there were 10 different star races that that they, uh, that they had and such as the Zeta Reticuli and those Pleiades and those one uh, relatives from this uh, galaxy called Urn. So, but in those in those starcraft and those lightcraft, uh, they had a series of of uh, symbols on the beams, the hieroglyphs that were on the beams that were in the crashes, the starcraft, and and they were different in most of the crafts, and there was a set of beams, uh, the hieroglyphs that were the same in all of them. So. These are the ones that uh, the star relatives uh, shared with us. So this is what we've been walking with and talking with, with uh, standing elk woman and, you know, two stars and silver star. She's been walking and walking with this and created, even created a, a way to to um, to live through through all these laws that the, they gave her. And she works with what they call a Makawichafi Wichokawaniya which is the Earth Starway calendar. So it's a day-by-day living through how how these symbols work and how they work within your DNA, how your memory, and uh, everybody knows these laws because the Spirit said that everybody broke them. That's how they know them. Huh. So we've been doing this since 96, and we're going to continue doing them, working with them, and whatever other information that's given to us, we're just going to give it to them. And right now, we'd, we'd like for you to remember to start connecting with the whale people. The whale people are really, really important right now, and they're 
they're looking for friends because they're putting out information just just every time they breathe they put out information to humanity and uh humanity has to stop and listen and start looking in other areas on how to retrieve the messages from the whales because those messages are very important because they have to do with a lot of what's happening for the future and and uh so if you if you yourself have time to uh, meditate and pray and to retrieve information from the whales that would really be good for that uh because we're all in this together you know and and at this time it's uh it's not about one it's not about one anymore it's it's about oneness and the spirit talked to us about that it's about oneness working together we're in this together now. It's a different time. Okay. It's a different age. Different age. So, Chief, yeah. share share with us um, a little bit about what's coming through the whale codes right now. Ooh, the, the um, there was some um, the whale codes. Uh, we haven't. We have the messages. We have the titles. But we haven't released them on a public level. Um, they come directly from our ceremonial ways called sundaps, and a lot of our sundancers are are getting messages from them, you know, way out in the middle of the of, of, of America or the United States, and the will people are are sharing their information. So uh, because there's so many of the dancers and people involved and so many ways of uh, retrieving information and going to a ceremony and all that, um, it, it's going to take a while because we have put them on, on the screen for everybody. Anybody that needs to look at them, to absorb them, they're very much like crop circles, you could say. Um, and the, one of the reasons why we put them out is because of a message that we received. It might have been around 1997, 98, around that time, and we were in Missouri, someplace in Missouri, and I can't quite name the town, or Columbia, Missouri, uh, out in, along the river someplace. And we did a a channel with a very uh, a channel that brought in this message, and the message was... Uh, um, I didn't like, but that's what came through. And the basic message was that the two legs already murdered us, already killed us. And this was coming from the whale people. And if we look at what we're doing to the oceans, you know, to the dolphins, to the porpoises, to, to you know, every everybody, the whale people were, were you know, there's so many so many of them that are being beached. The last time was uh, 817 dolphins down in the uh, Peru area, and uh, it, it's, they're all over. There's people, you know, they're they're finding them dead all over the place. So we have to stop, you know, abusing the the sacredness of sound uh, uh, because it, um, it's it's like getting the way it feels how the spirit said was that uh it feels 
like it's equal, almost equal to a human being getting hit over the head with a bat. Then you would get disoriented too and possibly die from the blow. So whatever is happening to these whales and dolphins, porpoises, and everybody that, all these mammals from, of the ocean, the chiefs of the ocean, and they're, they're getting a hard hit from of our people that are experimenting with sound. So knowing that that some of the, they've been recording now that some of the whales are dying at like six months old, you know, so many, so, so long and they find them dead. They don't know what they're dying from. So if, if we're trying to exterminate our brothers and sisters of the ocean, and they know what's happening, then they're 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 doing it out of love, you know, because of our ignorance of our people on this planet. So we as a collective, I don't know, I don't have the answers on how to stop it, or all I know how to do is pray. But maybe there's some group, some people out there that could do something to stop the slaughter, you know, of sound. They're not, they're not just killing them, you know, and using their bodies, but they're also killing them in different ways that sometimes we don't understand. But we get the messages way in South Dakota and Iowa that are coming from the ocean. And it's the people from the ocean that need to pay attention to the people of, of their circles, and that's the whales. Yes. This is so important. I mean, all the listeners, It's. I mean, everybody has to step up. I mean, nobody can just sit back and allow this. I mean, prayer is important. Just anything that we can all do, it, it's just crucial. I mean, we're, we're at the last quarter of 2012, and it's just unbelievable what Mother Earth is enduring and, and, and the, the effect that it has on humanity. And and none of us, you know, should allow this or sit back and and be complacent. Glad you're saying all this. What are your thoughts on how Mother Earth is handling all this and her poison waters, her depleted ozone, and the extinction of all these animals? And how do you think all of these insults are affecting the ascension process? Well, it's going to come down to an uh, avatar effect. Nature is going to correct it themselves. Earth, fire, wind, and water is going to help to purify this earth. And, and there's a, has a lot... Keep going. Oh, yeah, it has a lot to do with reading and and uh, if people would would correct themselves on a collective, you know, stop the stop the coal, all this, all these alternative energy projects because such as, you know, the uh, burning of these, you know, using the oil and stuff and coming into another um, uh, energy, natural energy, such as the sun, the Spirit said all we need is the energy of the sun. That's all. But um, men, uh, women of of a, a different heart are very greedy, and they, they don't understand nature, and they don't want to because they're taught not to, you know. So we need to get back into working with nature and listening to the clouds and the wind, listening to the sun again, you know. With, with, uh, with, there's so many people out there in the forms of of, of uh, four legs, two legs, and even fish and 
they all have a language that we need to get back to to understanding. So we have a lot of people, you know, that are are, uh, strategically, spiritually um, centered in certain areas, such as Asheville here. You know, we have Cynthia Moore from from this land that probably one of the star knowledge uh, poles that need to to sincerely and seriously uh, work with. You know, she's a very important uh, guidepost around here. And uh, we have different ones, such as Giorgio Piacenza out of Miami. That's a center pole for that uh, that area that they take on so much from, you know, people around their area, but they're still standing strong with uh, being part of that resource people to get back into the ways of listening to to nature and Mother Earth, and especially listen, uh, learning to listen to your heart. So we got mm-hmm. some beautiful teachers out there uh, all over Turtle Island. I think we met maybe more than 144,000, but there's 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 been a rise in, in so much more. So, Chief, we've got... Um the Star Knowledge Conference Phoenix coming up. It is December 10th through the 13th. It um, encompasses 12, 12, 12. Um, there's over 60 speakers. Um, share with us a little bit about what people can expect um, and and what kind of information will be passed along. And um, I know Laura and I are just, you know, incredibly excited about this and Love for our listeners to get a good um, feel for this direct uh, direct from you. Yeah, there's uh, that that was originally intended to help people to learn about the 12, uh, 2012, you know, December twenty first, and working with the Mayan influences and Aztecs such as Humboldt's uh, men and uh, Mazatzi. And how they see the calendar, and how they they know how the calendar is supposed to be read and taught, and and not in uh, in these uh, uh, ways that we call propaganda. You know, they want everybody to they want everybody to believe they're going to be the end of the world, December twenty first. You know, and so and and the, the weird thing is, there's a lot of people think that it's going to be the end of the world, and they they want to know that.
so they could all prepare for this beautiful time called, you know, the 26,000th birthday of the sun, as they put it, for this uh, this time and there's astrological time time zones. So, and and we have other relatives such as uh, uh, Laura Eisenhower. She's going to be there. Doctor Dream will be there. Silver Star will be there with her calendar and to help with that as well, what, they, what she calls a divine plan by which one can live. So we have um, uh, Patty Coble-Robles. She's a very gifted uh, psychic or channeler that's going to be there as well. So we have a variety of uh, nations, of Native American nations, Chakta. Uh, we got some Hopi. And uh, also people from that land uh, around there in the Gila, Gila River, Pima Maricopa. And we needed more Native American input uh, to to, uh, to share about prophecy, about what they know and how, how they were taught and all this stuff. So it's a conglomeration of the black, white, yellow, and red people coming together to share uh, a, a very beautiful moment in this way. I love it. That's that's my kind of rainbow. I have to just interject here for, for people that have not been to a, a star knowledge gathering. It is one of the most incredible experiences. I have, I've traveled and spoken all over the world and, um, Laura and I both feel as though we've absolutely found our family with the Star Knowledge family. It is so welcoming and such beautiful energy at at just the highest uh frequency and 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 chief that has so much to do with with how you hold the form for all of us. And um I I just really want to honor you and and everyone that has come together, um, including Alan and Linda, and uh, the elders, the grandmothers, and and all of the other speakers and participants, this is such a powerful time for all of us to be doing this. That if you can hear my voice right now, and there's some way that you can make it to Phoenix for this event, um, it will. It, it's a life changer. It is absolutely a life changer, and and we sure want, um, you know, everyone, uh, as many people as possible, to be there. And and also, this will be a live webcast too, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, so we people, have we have the yeah the webcast will be on there, and you know we have a lot of beautiful people that have been working together to make this happen and you know like Connie Gill out of out of Golden Valley over there in Arizona area and she's been working the last three conferences and, and um also uh uh Alan and Linda from um Malibu, Calabasas area they they're uh, come up you know, they've made that step and it's very a beautiful step into organizing and helping and taking all the ups and downs in and outs and of this of this movement and they're a very strong couple. By the way, they they're having a little baby, a little out person. Uh, <laughs> <a> little <outfall. laughs> so so 
very precious, you know, very precious because I, I think I'm trying to figure out where this little baby's coming from, but it's pretty <laughs> pretty heavy-duty hitter that's coming in. So uh, I'm very oh, yeah. uh, honored, and uh, they're a beautiful team, along with Lene, board, uh, Lene that's uh, Willow, that's working with them as well. So I really appreciate from my heart what they're doing as, you know, standing their ground and, and working to you know, make this successful and making it happen. Well, I can't you tell you how probably, grateful I am. Gosh. Yeah, you can get all of them through a starknowledgeconference.com, and also they have a Facebook page as well. So all the information is there, and they have Star Knowledge TV for some videos, star-knowledge.net, and star-owlers.net as well with those that need uh, copies of the information uh, with the calendar with uh, Silver Star. So don't be afraid to go to those websites and, and get what, what's necessary, whatever your, led, your heart leads you to. And I just want to thank you so much, Chief. Um, when you came into my life, I mean, it, it changed my life, and everything is just, just feels so divine, and just the timing of it all, and just, Everything has just blown me to smithereens. I'm, I'm speechless, so I don't even know if I can say too much else about it. But people, make sure you check out my page because I post, you know, three or four videos from Chief Golden Light Eagle every day, and it's just absolutely important wisdom and information to, you know, carry us through. And um, it's so empowering because he really, you know, stresses the point that, you know, we're all teachers, we're all miracle makers, we're all divine beings. And it's up to all of us to, you know, access this within ourselves and to, to really bring it to light. And um, I just, you know, want to ask if there's any, you know, closing comments that you want to share with the public, just, you know, maybe a few pointers about how to handle some of the ups and downs of this shift time that we're in, or anything else you'd like to share before we close the show? Mm, probably, uh, you know, a lot of people want you to believe in this and believe in that. Believe no, you believe this and believe that. And you, I'll say you don't really have to believe in anything. You don't have to believe in the devil or God. You don't have to believe the earth or sky is falling. Or you don't have to believe in anything but yourself. So that's where everything starts is with you. And uh, you're the most important person that you know. So that's all you need to believe in is in you. That's so beautiful. Chief, you um, continue to touch me deeply with your words. Uh, just this entire aspect of of how empowering your message is when when so much of what people are unconsciously buying into is is giving their power away. Um, you know, people should be watching your your videos and listening to your message because your words and the energetics involved um, with how you present them, um, you know, really really shifts things for people, and and that's what we're all about right now. Uh, so I I really can't say enough about um, about how you know how you're doing this and and it's it's just so inspiring um from my standpoint and and from Laura's because um 
you know, this is this is what it's all about for us is is what's happening right now, you know, and for us it's about family and our mission here. And I just on behalf of both of us, I want to thank you for supporting um us and getting our message out and and um what our mission is and for creating this amazing platform of the the star knowledge gatherings to to really give a voice um to to so many of us and and for for what we're all here to do and and i i should throw in for for making us laugh a lot also because um that's that's one of the things we really love about you is uh you keep the humor you keep the humor good and um you've got uh that uh, little bit of a a little bit he says but um you've got that trickster in you and um we really we really appreciate that yeah. I, I i learned that from Ron and Cynthia and Silverstar they're my they're my people. Uh, well, much well, love to just, everybody there. They're all sitting here. They fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll wake them up after a while. Now, yeah, thank you uh, for what you're doing. You know, you're doing a beautiful work, beautiful job, and you're creating a lot of interest and and, and a lot of questions. You know, people are questioning themselves and their mind because of you know the work that you're doing as well. So, and uh, it really is. You know, your work really attracted me. I I, I remember I went down. Um, uh, my 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 daughter, Amora Luce, call, uh, came one day. She said, "You want to you want to come with us?" I said, "Yeah." So we took off. We was going down the road, going down the road, and and all of a sudden I said, "Where are we going?" <laughs> we were in LA. She said, "Oh, we're gonna go listen to Laura Eisenhower speak." <laughs> I said, "Oh, okay." Hey, I heard I heard about her. <laughs> so when we got there, we just walked in, sat down, you know. Then I, then you, you were you were talking, and then uh, all I could hear are these words. They're um, code words that are in your voice that all our speakers have. And and I was thinking about that. I said, Oh, she's talking like us. <laughs> she's part of our 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 family. She has these words so. That's when we took a break. Remember, I went up and I introduced myself and I asked you to be a part of the Star Knowledge uh, speaking. So you said, yeah. And we took a picture and that was it. So we'll, we'll contact each other later on. So that, yeah, that was, an... was, uh, was a very, uh, I knew your information. Uh, you had a mixture of, of everything inside your message and that's what I liked, you know. Yeah, some light, uh, truth, and darkness, you know, darkness and light in the middle is truth. So you had all that, the whole, uh, the whole ball of wax all in your, in your, in your message. So that was, that's what I like. Well, thank you so much. And I, and I told you I had a premonition about a, a golden eagle coming. And when I, when I, when that happened, I would be on my way home. So <laughs> it was an incredible moment for me. So thank you. Yeah, Dr. James. Uh, thank you too. You know, you, you kind of opened me up a little bit better over in uh, down here in Asheville with with uh, your uh, presentation, and I, I thank you for that because that added to you know it helped me you know, to wake up a little bit more. And I, sometimes I I feel I, my ego might get in the way sometimes, and I feel like I 
I'm almost there, but when you start talking about things I don't know, I don't know about that, I have to question myself as well. It really helps me to know that I'm still learning and growing as well. So, and that helps me to uh, uh, to be a better person and and uh, you know be a better attitude and, uh, with, with people that I work with as well. So, thank you. Thank you, Chief. Um, I. I don't know what to say. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm honored and and thank you for your kind words and thank you for being on tonight's broadcast. I mean, it's it's you know almost I'm laughing inside that you know all we have is is 90 minutes because we could spend hours and hours speaking with you and and just taking in all the, all the wonderful energy that you share. And people can do that by searching for uh, your videos and um, the starknowledgeconference.com and the other websites. Uh, Really, folks, do yourself a favor. Make plans to be there in Phoenix. There's nothing like being there in person. And if that's not possible, by all means, sign up right away uh, for the online webcast because you're not going to want to miss this one. So, uh, Chief, thank you so much for being with us and um, just sending lots of love and looking forward to um, the next time we get to be in your presence. And hopefully, I know that'll be in December, but um, I'm thinking we're going to get to see you before that, and we'll look forward to it. Yeah, okay. Yes. I thank yes. both of you as well. My heart. Thank you so much, Chief. We'll see you soon. And now thank just – um, uh, a little bit of a recap on um, some events that, that we have coming up. We have uh, on 11-11 here in Ventura, we have uh, Loving the Breath of Life. This is an event that Laura and I have put together with our friends um, Shama and Jillian Nye will be joining us. It's um, definitely going to sell out. We're, we're capped at just 60 people. And so by all means, go to touroflove.com and uh, join us. If you're anywhere in Southern California, it's a seven-hour event and uh, well worth the drive from San Diego or San Francisco, wherever you happen to be, uh, to be here together with us in Ventura for 11-11. And then, of course, the Star Knowledge Conference in Phoenix, December 10th through the 13th. And um, next week, we have a very special guest. We'll be posting that uh, tomorrow. And um, please, share the archives of these broadcasts, and and let's get this information out there because uh, it's doing wonders um, to to assist the collective at this time, and that's what um, I know we're all about. Thank you so much for listening tonight. We absolutely love you, and we're honored that you join us. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye.